0: unprecedented times and tapping into the unprecedented God that we serve requires an unprecedented faith not in the what's but in the who
1: praise God now the meaning of the just shall live by faith we've always heard that has been misunderstood since the time of the protestant reformers and we'll talk about that in a moment as a result the testimony of the church has been weakened and it's been weakened weakened this way We put more faith in our doctrinal beliefs than we do in the person of Jesus. Yes. And the end result of that is denominations have formed and separated us. Yep. And at the end of the day, there's only one thing that can ever unite us, and it's a person, and his name is Jesus. Jesus! Which is why in John chapter 17, his final prayer to the Father was that we would be one just as he and the Father are one. The only thing that makes us one is Jesus. Right. So what we've allowed is all of these different doctrinal differences to weaken the testimony of the church. The reality is we should celebrate more about what we agree on than allow what we don't agree on to separate us. So agreement in doctrinal statements has been emphasized at the expense of righteous behavior. hmm a true living faith is an active relationship with God that governs at all times, listen to this, what we are and what we do at all times. Faith is not merely a belief in theological facts. Faith is belief in a person and what he has provided for us. Amen. The grace of God that brings salvation always produces right behavior on our part. Yep. I'll say that again. The grace of God that brings us salvation always produces right behavior on our part. Now, you're going to find any time in the Scripture, the, the Bible teaches us, we learned this in Bible school, that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So, anytime time God says something more than two times, you can establish that as doctrinal truth, if God says something four times, I mean, you know, we need to we need to pay attention that's to this. That's right. That's right. This is a message He's trying to get across to us. So we're going to see here there are four times mentioned in Scripture where God says that the just shall live by faith. The first one is Habakkuk chapter
0: two verse four, and it says, "Behold the proud; his soul is not upright in him." But the just shall live by faith.
1: Romans chapter 1, verse 17, the New King James Version says it this, this way For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith, as it is written, the just shall
0: live by faith. A third witness, Galatians chapter 3, verse 11, it says, But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident. For the just shall live by faith.
1: Hebrews chapter 10 verse 38 says, Now the just <laughs> shall live by faith. How you know faith is right now? Mm-hmm. It's not faith if it's later on. That's called hope. If it's faith is right now. So notice what he says in this Hebrews text. Now the just shall live by faith. Over the years we focus more on living by faith than we have on being just. And what we want to submit to you today is that you can't live by faith until you first understand that you have been made right with God. Ooh, that's good. Till you see yourself the way He made you, it is almost impossible to live by faith. Exactly. Because you'll put more trust in what you do than in what He did for you. That's right. And so what he's really trying to get us to understand that those that have been declared righteous, they live a certain way. So in Hebrews, notice what he said is so strong to him. He says, but if anyone draws back, that phrase draws back means to cower, to shrink, or to, to shun. So he says, if anyone draws back from understanding that I have made them right with me, he said, my soul will have no pleasure in them. That's right. That's a powerful statement it there. It is. Pleasure means that he won't think well and he can't approve that. See, folks, we've got to accept what he's provided for us. We've got to see ourselves the way he sees us in order to live the way he wants us to live. That's right. I am right with God Amen. right now. That is the highest form of faith is to know that I have a right relationship with God right now. Is that because of you? Man, listen, listen. Yesterday, I'm sure I did something yesterday that in my own ability would disqualify me.
0: Right. So that means that you're right with God because he made you right.
1: And I've got to receive that.
0: So being right with God means that you're innocent. I'm innocent. You're redeemed. Redeemed. Listen, he even told us to be perfect. I just offended somebody. In him, we can be perfect. Perfection is striving to be more like him. So when we are made right, he says we are made right. We are, our identity has been redefined by who Jesus
1: is, not by what we do. going to set a lot of people free right
2: <coughs> now. Mm. So no. listen,
1: then I can pray for five hours straight, <coughs> mm-hmm. and it won't make me more right than I am right now. Yes. It's gonna mess somebody up. I can miss prayer, and it's not gonna make me less right than what I am Ah. right now. Oh, somebody ought to say amen to that right now. Because my righteousness is not in my behavior. My righteousness is in what he provided for me, which creates right behavior on my behalf. That's right. All right, let's keep going now. What is the meaning of the just shall live by faith? Now remember, we forget part A of that and we focus solely on living by faith. I cannot live by faith until I accept what he made me. As long as you think you're not worthy and, and, and you got to get this together and, and when I get this together, then I'll, and, and when I stop this, as long as you keep thinking that way, you can never live by faith the way he designed for you to live by faith. The term just simply means righteous, an individual whose personality and behavior are acceptable to God. It's a legal judicial term meaning declared innocent. Mm. The moment you accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Lord and Savior, on the merit of what He provided for you through His death burial, and resurrection, and that blood that is seated on the mercy seat right now, that that is the only thing that God sees when He looks at you. He sees the blood and the price that was provided for you. The moment you accepted Christ, God said, I have declared you innocent. Yes. I don't care what you've done in the past. I don't care what you're doing right now. Come on, somebody. it doesn't matter what mistakes you'll make in the future. In my eyes, you are innocent before me. Amen. Now, the word live means to be, to think, to speak, and to act. The term faith means to love for, always seeking, reliance on, hope in, obedience to, and trust in God. Now, I like uh, putting all of that together. So, the just shall live by faith is defined this way. We're going to put all of that together. The individual whose personality and behavior are acceptable to God thinks, speaks, and acts as one who loves, seeks, relies on, hopes in, obeys, and trusts God.
0: That's right. So then, let's flip the coin because I think it's necessary for you. I mean, it's so important that we believe it's so important that we get this as the body of Christ. So we're gonna take, which is why we're gonna take our time, but sometimes it's worthy to talk about the opposite side so that you have clarity and understanding of clearly what we're saying. So when we talk about the opposite of a just person, we know to be an unjust person, an unrighteous person, right? Someone that wears their guilt. Someone or the individual whose personality and behavior are not acceptable to God. We're just talking about just right now, the unjust, the unrighteous person. This person rejects redemption. This person stays in the place of guilt and shame. Let me say that again. This person who is unjust and is unrighteous stays in the place of guilt and shame. They admit their weakness in their succumbing to sin so and has deemed that acceptable.
1: So this person spends more time beating themselves up over what they did instead of celebrating what he did.
0: Right. Mind you, the unjust person, doesn't say here. And biblically speaking, the unjust person, it doesn't speak to their beliefs. It doesn't speak to, you know, what they can quote and unquote with their prayer life or whether they're saved or not but being declared just and being declared righteous means that you have you have revelation and have escaped the bondage of sin and it's no longer acceptable so the opposite of that is the person who has accepted sin as a lifestyle and someone, something that's inescapable and have become has become bound to the guilt and the shame that the enemy so conveniently shrouds, tries to shroud people with. Then let's talk about living by faith. The opposite of living by faith is to think, speak, and act as one who does not love, seek, rely on, hope, in, obey or trust in God, which is why we most uh, preachers, pastors, we emphasize having your own personal relationship with God. Because living by faith means that I pursue Him, I love Him, I desire to obey Him, I want to please Him, not so that I can be faithful, but because of what He did and made me faithful. Now this you know you know when you think about it we go all the way back to the garden and see being, when we're talking about the opposite of, un, uh, of being just being uh, you know when we talk about being unjust when we talk about not living by faith or living in doubt when we talk about you know the individual who has become comfortable and has be, uh, accepted bondage to sin you know that that quote god understands my weaknesses
1: <laughs> he knows my. he heart.
0: knows my heart he knows your heart i ain't gonna go there but so but this goes all the way back to the garden it's nothing new back to the garden man and woman were perfect they were god's perfect creation and the enemy came along and said but you still got to do something to be better you still have to do something else to be better because who you are is not enough listen when you accepted jesus as your personal lord and savior that was enough And that was the road to start you on a relationship that everything you need in life is in that package. And you don't want to be the same Adam and Eve in the garden that believe that, God, you're not enough. When you accepted Jesus, when you accept Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, he made you enough and he declared you righteous. He declared you just. He declared you innocent. He declared you redeemed. There are people in, I know someone, murder, drug trafficking, espionage, extortion, spent time in huge prisons, yet got a revelation of this gospel and has lived free ever since to the point where somehow, we don't know how, but God declared, God made a way where he got out instead of le- uh, serving the life sentence. There are people in prison behind bars living more free in their righteousness because of the revelation of salvation than there are people that attend church every Sunday. That's true. So it's important that you get that. When Habakkuk says in uh, Chapter 2, verse 4, that Behold the proud, for his soul is not upright in him, but the just shall live by faith. He's not comparing belief to non-belief. He's not comparing faith to doubt. He's comparing and contracting faith and pride. Because, see, what pride does is it keeps your eyeballs leveled here. And it's all about what you do and about what you think and about your opinions and your righteousness and your, 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 your good works. Pride. But he says here, but the just shall live by faith. In other words, they're humble enough to look up and say, I am nothing without you. I can do nothing without you. You are the air that I breathe. What is that song? That one, one's, Let's one's,
1: let them sing. Let's leave that to the, to the... No, I'm just messing with you. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> but when we talk about that you are the breath in my lungs, when we talk about in him we live and move and have our... Be-, when we talk... He's hating on my skills, but y'all just keep encouraging me. I'm going to go back and read the, read the encouragement because I need it right now. But when we say, when he says, but the just shall live by his faith, he shall live by his faith, this expression says here that not that your faith can accumulate or can acquire a, a, a more God, but that your faith, as you continue to believe in him, he fuels your life. He gives you life. Do you understand the dichotomy there? We're talking about two sides of the same coin. Yes, as I continue to develop my faith in hearing the gospel and and my time with him, yes, I I get more revelation of who he is, but in that revelation, he also gives me more life. He gives me more, uh, more sozo. He gives me more zoe. He gives me more of what he promised. Not that I have to believe God for that but that in believing him, he supplies all of that. Yeah. Now, let's talk a little bit about what we're about to show you. We're about to show you a video clip, and I want to introduce somebody, somebody to you. it has been dead for a very long time, but yet he's so prevalent in the, in, in the movement of faith. His name is Martin Luther, and he was a, a huge, um, he, he was a theologian and a, and a scholar.
1: Protestant reformer.
0: Yes, and he was known as a father of the Reformation back in the early 1500s. He was born in the 1400s and, and, and became ordained in 1507, I think it was, as a Roman Catholic priest. And in that, he got deeper and deeper to the things of God, and Holy Spirit downloaded to him one truth. One truth is that our faith has to be founded in Christ alone. It cannot be founded in this this doctrine that they had developed called indulgences, all these rules and these, and these tenets and, and, these, and, and these laws. Because what the Roman Catholic Church had done is that it had recreated the law. But Martin Luther said, no, not so, not so. So watch this clip so you can get a better understanding of what we're talking about.
2: This is a symbol too. But is it God's supreme gift of his only son we adore? Or is it the splinters of the wood? The rust of the nails that we worship.
3: The crucifix makes the agony of Christ more vivid for the simple Christian. The little peasant with his prayer to St. Christopher for safe journey. The poor widow with her tiny Madonna. The soldier going into battle with his rosary. Yes, even the Duke with his noble gifts to Christ's church. Would you take all these away? Doctor, you the people's priest. You cannot afford to shatter their faith by tearing away its visible supports.
2: As their priest responsible to God for their souls, can I afford not to? Symbols to inspire devotion, yes. But crutches to uphold a tottering faith? Doctor, whence all this sudden doubt? This is no sudden doubt, but a growing certainty. Dear Vicar, what little certainty I have you gave to me. You heard my sin. You sent me to Rome to fortify my faith. You sent me to scripture to find my God. You brought me here to Wittenberg to preach his word. And here in my room, I've been preparing my lectures on the epistle of St. Paul to the Romans. And here, I think I've found the truth at last. And when I found it, it was as though the gates of heaven were open to me. Romans 1.17.
3: Justitia enim day. Justitia enim day. For the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith.
2: And so? Worthy vicar, do we find anything here of relics? By faith man lives and is made righteous, not by what he does for himself. Be it adoration of relics, singing of masses, pilgrimages to Rome, purchase of pardon for his sins, but by faith in what God has done for him already through his son. Dr. Martin, if you
3: leave the Christian to live only by faith, if you sweep away all good works, all these glorious things you dismiss as mere crutches, what will you put in their place?
2: Christ only needs Jesus Christ.
0: says, and he writes in his Bible, sola. This German scholar writes in his Bible, sola, only, alone shall the righteous live, is by faith. And there he breaks the power of the Roman Catholic Church. He didn't believe in serodontalness and that only the priest or the pope could get to God. He believed that if you are Christian, you are A holy priesthood and you have the responsibility of going before the throne on your own and gaining the revelation of this truth that Jesus died for your sins and he has made you righteous before God so that you can walk in the fullness of what he has supplied for you Martin Luther here made it clear that though he I mean mind you this is a man who disciplined himself in the Roman Catholic Church. Now, mind you, I didn't say in faith. He thought he was acting in faith, but he was, a, he was disciplining himself in, the, in what he believed to be the Roman Catholic Church, the religion, whether it was prayers, all-day fastings, even enduring whippings to prove that he was faithful to God. But finally, God gave him this understanding that if he was to have God's favor, he had to understand that he was already made right with God. In that in God's sight, he could not achieve this of his own efforts. Nothing that he does makes him better to God. Because when God sees the Christian, he sees Jesus. And there's no greater perfection than Jesus. So on this basis, because of their, you know, their religious or their good works, God can't base or can't fulfill who he is in the people. It's not until we have this revelation that we are made righteous. In that our righteousness stands in Christ alone, not in what you do. See, a lot of people become—there's there's studies out there that people who are atheists or agnostics at one time believed in God, and because of their faithfulness, their attendance, their giving, their service— they thought that the supernatural thing should have happened in saving their mama or saving their daddy or saving their child or manifesting something in their life. And when it didn't happen, because God, I was faithful, God, I came to church, God, I gave faithfully, God, I served, God, I gave to the poor. And when it didn't happen, they turned away from the faith. Because their faith wasn't in who Jesus was, their faith is what was, it, was in what Jesus could do. But when we focus on who he is, what he can do just manifests.
1: That's good. Can we just take a moment to just thank God for him making us right right now? Come on, let's all get delivered from performance-based religion. Yes, amen. And let's all just thank God that there's nothing more that we have to do than just believe in what Jesus Christ made us. Just thank God that you're righteous right now. Thank you, Father, for making me right. Thank you for declaring me innocent. Thank you for the blood of Jesus that washed every sin, past, present, and future away from my life, Father. Thank you for it, and I give you glory, honor, and praise. And I will not fall in the performance trap ever again in my life. I will not put confidence in what I do. I'll only put confidence in who you are. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody just type in, I am right with God or I am righteous. It's such a powerful thing to believe about yourself. It's such a powerful thing to say about yourself. I am right with God. I don't have to do anything. I just simply need to believe what He said about me. I am right with God. Such an empowering revelation in truth. Let's get into this a little bit more. The book of Romans was written to explain the gospel, listen very carefully, so that anyone could understand it. (laughs) Paul the writer made it so simple, you'd have to have somebody help you to misunderstand it. That's right. So Paul started off with the statement in Romans chapter 1 verse 16. Let's go look at that. I'll read out of the New King James Version. I really want you to listen by faith. There are certain things that are taught... There are other things that are caught. I'm telling you, you'll have to catch this in your spirit today. Romans chapter 1, 16, Paul said, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Paul said, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed at all of the gospel of Christ. Christ there is Christos the anointed one and his anointed, specifically referring to Jesus Christ. Paul is saying, I am not ashamed of the gospel. Listen, and the gospel is all about Jesus Christ. When you spend too much time preaching about yourself, that's not the gospel. When you spend too much time preaching about anything else that is not Christ, it is not the gospel. If you're preaching the gospel, then you are preaching Christ. He says, for Christ is the power—that word power there is a Greek word dunamis. It means miraculous might, power, ability, abundance, violence, and strength. So Christ is the power of God. Listen to this. To salvation. Salvation is a Greek word soteria, and it literally means to rescue, to keep safe, to deliver. It means health. It means wholeness. It means prosperity. Watch this. To everyone who believes. believes. So, he did not single out one particular individual over another. He says, anyone who will believe in Christ has the ability to be rescued, to be provided for, to be delivered, to walk in wholeness, health, Prosperity. If you believe in the person of Christ, you can have the fullness of everything that Christ has provided for you. It all comes with the salvation package. And notice it says, to him who, or to everyone who believes, and that word believes there means to have faith in, and I love this, upon or respect to a person. Mm. Then if you'll look it up in parentheses, it says especially one's spiritual well-being to Christ. He's simply saying here, folks, that the gospel is about Christ. And if we'll believe in Christ, the person, not what he can do for us, if we'll believe in the person, then the person has provided wellness, wholeness, health, and everything else that we could ever want in this life. What's happened to us over time is we went after the stuff and forgot about the person, Mm. (laughs) not understanding that... Putting our faith in the stuff is what makes the stuff race away from us. Putting our faith in the person, what comes along with the person is all the stuff. Folks, when you get Jesus, you get everything that he has already provided for you. Then he goes on to say here, for the Jew first and also for the Greek. And the Greek just simply means the non-Jew. So, this radical statement, this word gospel in the original Greek is a word that was seldom used at the time it was first written. See, they translated from the Greek over to the English, and a lot was lost because we're limited in our English vocabulary. But what the literal meaning here means of gospel, and this blessed me to learn this, it literally means nearly too good to be true good news. When you start talking about Christ, sometimes it seems like it's just too good to be true.
0: It's not that simple.
1: It's just not that simple. It can't, I, I, I got to do something. It can't something. just be as simple I, I, as believing in Christ. I got to do something.
0: All the way back to the garden. It's not that simple. I, I got to have more than just what
1: this looks like. So this refers to news that was so awesome, nothing really justified using it. That's how awesome it is. And I don't know, as I stand here and think about it, it's awesome to know that God loved me so much that he sent his son not to just go to the cross, but to die to be raised from the grave so that I can stand before Him whole, holy, perfect, and right with God. That is too good to be true. And all I've got to do is believe that. I don't have to be perfect. I can't give enough. I can't pray enough. There's nothing I need to do but just simply believe in what He has provided for me. Let's look at it a little further. Paul said he was not ashamed of the gospel. Why? He said, for it is the power of God unto salvation. The gospel is the power of God. Christ is the power of God. Christ is salvation to everyone that will believe in him, to the Jew first and then also to the Greek or non-Jew. So the gospel is the power of God. Now listen to this. And the power of God is the grace of God. Mm -hmm. Oh, Lord. And the power of God is the grace of God. Let's look at that. Go with me to Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Acts 20, 24 in the New King James Version says, Paul said, but none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy, and the ministry which I received from the Lord Jesus. What is that ministry, Paul? To testify of the gospel of the grace of God. Let's look at Galatians chapter 1, verse 6, New King James Version. Paul said, I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel. What Paul spent most of his time doing was trying to get those converted Jews from co-mingling their traditions, kind of similar to what Martin Luther was showing us in that uh, video there, from co-mingling the law and all of their traditions with just simply believing in Christ. And that was very difficult for them to do because sometimes it's the tradition of man that what makes the Word of God of none effect. But at the end of the day, folks, you cannot have anything greater than Christ. Amen. There's nothing that you can do that's greater than what he's already provided for you. You know, what's interesting, babe, I was, as
0: I was preparing for this, you know, the word there, another, in Galatians chapter 1, or it says New King James a different, but in the King James it says another. is actually the word heteros, the Greek word heteros, which means man-made. So Paul is saying that I'm perplexed
1: yeah.
0: that after you've experienced the grace of God and, you've, and you, you, you hear this gospel that you have so quickly turned to this man-made, mind you, he calls it gospel. And he calls it this man-made or this different or another gospel because in this case, it really is too good to be true. You, you really don't need all this here stuff that they're saying. It's not going to get you what you think is going to get you. It's going to get you frustration. It's going to get you depression. It's going
1: to get you anger. It's going to get you offense. That's so good. So Acts 20, 24 and Galatians 1, 6 both use the terms gospel and grace interchangeably. Mm-hmm. So it's saying that when you understand the gospel or the grace of God, it releases the power of God in your life. Let's look at it another way. Anytime you see things from his perspective, it releases his power into your life. That's right. When you see things from your perspective, it releases your ability into your life, which creates frustration, depression, depression, and all the rest of the things. Because we start believing, I did this, I did that, I do this, I do that. And how many know anytime time that we get into that, the Spirit of God and the power of God exits that, that type of thinking? And the moment we get over into what he did in Christ, you died and, and you raised from the grave and you're good. and It's your power and your ability that releases his power into our situation to manifest what it is that we're believing God for.
0: Exactly. And it manifests life, not just a good life here on earth, but eternal life, which is the ultimate obtaining In the salvation message the next verse Romans chapter 1 verse 17 it says for in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith in other words as we continue to increase in our faith the power of God is present in us to fuel that faith onward and upward we can't just mentally ascend because see faith will make you look foolish faith will make you look unusual faith right now the christian has to be a beacon of light which means that you have to stand up against the current it means that you're going to have to be okay with discomfort it means that you might be compelled to say things that are contrary to popular belief it means that you're going to have to dig into the truth of a slogan instead of just adopting a slogan because it sounds good Yes. that's what living by faith is all about and what he is saying I love the way the passion puts it the passion says this gospel unveils a continual revelation of God's righteousness a perfect righteousness given to us when we believe when we believe when we are firmly persuaded we when we are solidly convicted when we are morally staunch on this person called Jesus and it moves us from receiving life through faith to the power of living by faith. This is what the Scripture means when it says we are right with God through life-giving faith. And so does this mean that you have a license to sin? No. no. You know, he, he said, last we heard, don't nobody need a license to sin. Sin is just rampant, right? But notice that righteousness is not revealed by what you do. There are people that just messed up yesterday, made righteous this morning, this afternoon, whenever, later on in the week, made righteous in their renewed dedication or their salvation, and God sees nothing from yesterday. So it's not that, it's not that we are counted righteous from deed to deed. It's revealed from faith to faith. Amen. Here's, here's a really good piece of information for you. Sin won't stop the power of God for salvation in your life, but trusting in your own good works will. Ha! How about that? Sin won't stop the power of God from manifesting in your life, but your own good works and your faith in that will. So that's what righteousness of God is really all about. It's revealed from faith to faith as we increase in who, in, in our revelation of who He is and truly trusting in Him, then we can't help but to be overcome
1: and shrouded by what. The other stuff that comes along with it. All right, go with me to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8. Let's look at that. That's good, baby. So, sin won't stop the power of God for for salvation in our lives, but believing in our own good works will stop the power of God from working in our lives. That's right. That's so good. Ephesians 2, 8 says, for by grace, now everything in the kingdom works this way, okay? For by grace, that word grace there is a Greek word koreas. And it means favor, graciousness, gift, undeserved, or unearned. And I remember one of my pastors, Apostle uh, 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 Michael Freeman's brother called me, uh, Pastor Dwayne Freeman. And he wanted to have this conversation about the grace of God. And he said, man, how come we're out here teaching that God's grace is undeserved? And and I get where he was going with that. I appreciate that call as well. I get where he was going with that. And what I explained to him was that it's undeserved from this perspective. Obviously, we deserve it or Christ wouldn't have died to give it to us. It's undeserved when we think he owes us something. And how many of y'all know there's a big difference to that? It's undeserved in that I did nothing to earn it. But simply believe in what He provided for me, right? right? And how I many know that's a beautiful gift right there?
0: There's a difference between deserving and worthy.
1: Exactly. He loved us enough and counted us worthy to give us grace. That's so good. So, so for by grace, because the argument is always which one came first, faith or grace. I'm coming to tell you today, grace came first. That's right. That's right. It's what He did, and then how we responded to it. That's right. Where we've been getting wrong is what we do, and we want him to respond to it. That's so good. So don't miss that, because we're going somewhere with this. For by grace, right, you have been saved, sozoed, delivered, protected, healed, preserved, right, to do well, to make whole. By grace, all of that has been provided for you. Did you all hear that? By grace, not by faith. By grace, all of that's been provided for you. You all see the difference? I'm going to keep saying that until that sinks in. By grace, all of that has been provided for you. It's because God is so good and He loved you so much that He gave you a salvation that would deliver you, protect you, heal you, preserve you, cause you to do well and make you whole. His grace provided that for you. Now watch this. And now your faith responds to what he already provided for Mm. you. Which simply means I don't need to do anything to earn that. I need to believe that he already provided that for me. That's right. Oh, Lord. Man, I'm telling you, if I could run right now, I would run. Did you all hear that? What we've done is we believed we needed to have faith for those things. And those things are provided by grace.
0: Mm. So then what is it? So this bids now the sin question. So why are we so taught, so preached at, so encouraged not to sin?
1: Because in our minds, is something that we're doing that's keeping that from manifested in our lives. Mm. And that in and of itself is the worst form of bondage.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Because I can never be perfect enough in my own self. So they- I'm raggedy. I'm telling you right now, I'm raggedy. Boy, when you unloose all of this, I'm raggedy. When you get down to the core of who Joel Gregory is, all of my righteousness is filthy rags in the sight of God. Come on, somebody. So we just, we just need to stop because this is too good to rush. That's right. Because I promise you what we're getting ready to share with you, your faith did, will never provide all of those things for you. His grace provided those things for you. And guess what? We'll we'll leave you with this one statement.
0: I'll leave you with this one statement. Everybody on earth, believer or non-believer, Jew or Gentile, saved or unsaved, everybody in this earth knows that they're raggedy. You
1: don't need anybody to tell them that.
0: Don't need anybody to tell you that. You know that you're raggedy. We all know that we're raggedy. We'll
1: talk more about that later. That's why people don't want to come to church. Because we keep reminding them of how raggedy we keep they are. reminding them of how raggedy they are. And what they need to do to get y'all, right with God. Y'all need to stop living together. You don't think they already know that? Why don't you tell them about how good God is and what his righteousness has provided for them. Let's get their mind off of sin and onto righteousness. And just having a righteousness consciousness will address the sin in their lives. And they don't need your help to do that. That's right. Folks, we need to leave people alone. <laughs> All right, let's, fin- let's finish Ephesians eight. Everything in the kingdom works this way. For by grace, you got saved by grace, not by faith. Yes. That's, I know that's, that's why I'm just you... letting that sink in for a little while. 'Cause the moment you think you got saved by grace again, all your confidence is getting ready to go into something you did. I uh, did this faith, and faith. that's why this happened. Mm-hmm. No, he did that and that's why that happened. You all see the difference. Yeah. Once you make that one shift from what you did to what he did, then you can live by faith. That's right. Now, I'm going to read it again real slow. For by grace you have been saved. Then notice through Through
0: faith
1: faith Faith simply provide or responds to what grace has already provided i'm not trying to get healed my faith taps into what he's already provided which is healing watch this because christ is healing when i get christ healing comes along with it i'm not asking my i don't have to ask my wife for kisses i'm married to her i just go get them. Cause they come with her. So that so I don't have to believe God for that. I don't the, need to spend all my time, Father, uh, give, give my well, wife a heart is, to want to kiss me. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is this is revelation for somebody. I I I've, I've made this it's example be hard before. Hard to shut this off. I know. Here. I'm about to I'm about to be quiet. But <sighs> we, you know, I did not do things to get him to marry me and get him to love me. Either he was going to love me because he wanted to. But the minute I thought I needed to cook for him to get him to love me, wash his clothes to get him to love me, massage his bald head to get him to love me, give him a little something to get him to love me, the minute I stopped doing that, I in my head think he stopped loving me. So therefore, I can't, and everything that he does that might be contrary to how I define love puts me on the outskirts, makes me feel guilty, makes me feel shameful, makes me feel rejected, makes me feel not enough. And now i got to amp up again to do these things to get him to love me instead of them me saying, but because I know he loves me, I love him enough and I trust in his love enough to, I want to cook for him. I want to do his laundry. I want to massage his bald head. I want to give him a little something, something. I'm responding to his love. I'm not doing it to get his love.
1: <laughs> Wrap it up, baby. <laughs> you want to give me a little something? Something? You want to. <laughs> Won't to. And, and that want to makes it better. Because nah, if it's nah. anything
0: different, then it's abuse, it's, or,
1: it's, or it's not enjoyable.
0: Yeah, if it's anything different, it's abuse. If if I got to do something to get God to love me, if I got to do something, keep performing to get him to love me, then this is abuse because he'll use my lack of doing. Listen to me now. He'll use my lack of doing to make me feel insufficient. And it's that insufficiency that I'll now succumb to my own way, his way, sin.
1: And we can go on and on. We're going to drive this point home. We are going to drive this point home. For by grace, you have been saved. See, Anytime you insert something more than that, you're in trouble. I'm saved because God is good. Yes. Did you all catch that? Right? Through faith. So my faith has responded to what he's already provided. Mm-hmm. All right. I gotta get up. I just gotta stop. <laughs> yeah. To, Th- then he emphasizes, and that not of yourselves. <laughs> See, move self from the equation. It is a gift from God. Mm. Last verse, Romans 3.22, New Living Translation. I can't, it's hard. Somebody say, shut it off, pastor. S- somebody say, shut it off, pastor. Some, some, s- somebody say, turn the faucet off, pastor. I'm telling you, I got born again studying this. I rededicate, I'm answering my own altar call today. I'm rededicating my life to living by faith. Come on, somebody. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God is so good. The gospel is too good to be true. All I've got to do is believe that Christ is who He said He is, and all of this comes along with that. Romans 3.22, New Living Translation says, For we are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter who you, no are. matter who we are, I want to invite someone today to be right with God through believing in Jesus Christ. I want you to take the sum total of all of your life experiences and say, "You know what? I've lived X amount of years trying to do things my way, and you probably see the result of that." Christ sent us here today to free you up from yourself and to put your faith into something greater than yourself. Yeah. Faith is a person. It is not a formula. It's not three steps in a poem. It's not do this and then he'll do that. Mm-mm. Faith is a person and his name is Jesus. That's right. If you want to have a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, And then once you respond to His grace and His goodness by faith, then within that package is healing, deliverance, preservation, rescue. Everything is in the salvation package. You don't need to work to get what He already provided for you. It comes with Christ. So if you're out there today and you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you're out there today and you're just out of fellowship, you got away from God, you got caught in the performance trap, and you're saying, I want to get free from that. I just want to come back and restore my relationship back with God. You want to rededicate your life. I want to pray with and for you. If any one of those two invitations describes you today, would you just repeat this simple prayer after me right where you are right now? Just lift up one hand towards heaven, or just place your hand right over your heart and repeat this prayer after me. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, Father, I believe believe. that Jesus Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Jesus Christ, Christ. you are enough enough for me. me. I believe believe that you died, died, rose from the grave, and you are alive right now. Lord Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. now. And I thank you that all my sins sins. are forgiven, and I am right now now. in right right relationship with God in Jesus' name. Praise God. Somebody just rejoicing. Come on, let's give God glory for that. Thank you for making us right with you, Father. We give you the glory, the honor, and the praise for every soul that prayed that prayer sincerely from their hearts today. We believe that someone prayed that prayer sincerely. We've got a couple of ways that you can respond. Follow the information that's on the screen right now. We also have live ministers. There's a phone number that'll go up. Live minister will give you a call and and answer any question that you may have. If You fill out that Connect card. We assure you that your information will remain private. We will not give that to any other source out there. It will remain private in our care. And then finally, if all you can do is just type in I pray that prayer sincerely from my heart. Just type that in, and our social social media ministry will follow up with you accordingly. Just type in, I prayed that prayer sincerely from my heart. Thank you so much for watching our online service. We certainly don't take that for granted. And if you enjoyed today's message and you want to get connected with us, we encourage you to become a part of our online community.
0: That's right and you can do that by subscribing to our YouTube channel, sharing this video with a friend and following us on social media. Don't forget to meet us right here on this channel every Sunday for our services.
1: If you desire to help us reach more people just like yourself and advance the kingdom of God, then click the Give button now. This will allow us to connect more people to God, their families, their purpose, and their communities.
0: Thank you again for watching our service on today, and we'll We'll see see you next week. week.